Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business, Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we love to shine a light on the women whose story is moving, meaningful, and compelling. Today's guest is Megan Lundin. Megan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You bet. You bet. So I met you only briefly on a phone call through a mutual friend of ours. So I'm excited to get to know you better. Why don't you tell us all a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm happy to. Um, so I, I have a communications and, and news background. I started my career as a journalist. Nice. I, I would, I'd be a journalist forever. <laughs> I think um, most journalists thought that until media consolidation, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it was, um, I really enjoyed my time in the news business. It was a, a good decade or so. Um, got to, you know, go out to, I started in my home market, went out to the East coast for a while. My husband and I were a package deal um, as producers out there and it was a wild business. I am certainly stronger for it. And I, I remember um, reflecting back on when I was interviewing for the company I work for now, um, they were like, Oh my, gosh, I can't believe it was like that, you know, because it's a very intense business in a, in a big market. And said, yeah, you guys can't scare me. That is so awesome. That's amazing. I love a woman with a little uh, firecracker in her, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I got that from my mama for sure. Um, but yeah, started in the news business. So I'm, I'm a journalist at heart and journalism's in your blood. So part of me is always going to be very passionate about writing and communications. Um, and that served me well in my subsequent careers, plural, um, because then I went into um, federally funded public housing and I, I started by switching sides. So I was their media spokesperson and that was kind of my in. And then it morphed into a role where I became their director of business development and marketing, um, a job that absolutely changed my life. And nice. I switched careers again and came to a Fortune 50 manufacturing company. Um, I entered at, in communications and then eventually decided I wanted to get my master's in HR and, and jump um, other side of the aisle again into HR. And I've been doing that now for the last, um, you know, six, seven, eight years. You know, Megan, this is interesting because yesterday I had a conversation with someone about how HR is so different than it used to be. It used to be, mm -hmm. you know a C-suite would hire someone and then HR would just process the paperwork. But now HR has a seat at the table. They are like a very integral part of the success of how the company runs. They oversee oftentimes DEI. What a great leap for you. And you brought so many skills. So your background and mine are similar. So I'm ex excited to learn more about you and to be connected with you. Um, I geek out on that kind of stuff, like comms and BD and marketing, Marcom, all that good stuff. So yeah. uh, great to have you in my network. Amazing. Well, let me ask you during this career of yours, and I happen to know where you work. That's a pretty big deal that you work there, little lady. That's um, <laughs> an awesome company. And I think they're known globally. So good for you. Good for you. What yeah. has been your proudest professional accomplishment? Um, you know, I, this is a tough one. Um, and I, I appreciated the question because you actually, um, you, you warned me you would ask this and I thought about it so hard and I reflected, um, so much on all of my careers and, um, I'm proud of so much of what I'm doing right now because I met a company that is, is truly building a better world. 
And, um, and I could pick a hundred examples from that, but I think I'm going to pick something more specific to me and something that changed me. And that would be my time at the housing authority. Um, so the bullet point version is I was there about six days and I went to this meeting where I found out they were going to tear down all of the old public housing and build all new and that like none of the families or 90% or something like that weren't going to qualify to move into the new housing. And I thought I had attended a kickoff meeting and it, they had been meeting for two years. And I don't mean that as a slam to any of the community folks that were involved in that. Um, I'm still close with all of those people today, but it's because it, it seemed like such a, an unsolvable problem. It was you're fighting generations of poverty um, and trying to get people qualified for something that was gonna be a huge stretch for them in just a few months time for the first 36 units. And I, um, I left that meeting thinking, what am I gonna do and what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> Um, you know, and I'm, of course, you know, do we have any resources? No. Do we have any money? No. Um, you know, <laughs> all the good causes are broke. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. And I, um, I went to my CEO and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have to get some free labor. And I start calling all the universities looking for interns and they're asking me questions like, you know, where'd you get your social work degree? Oh, I don't have one you know, I comms degree. Right. And, and then they'd say, well, how long have you been at the housing authority? I'm like two weeks, you know, <laughs> just like the least credible person. Um, big but it, heart though, big heart. <laughs> yes. Big heart, a lot of drive, um, not a lot of credibility yet. And so um, I had to work harder. And I think that's why I picked this as my proudest because I had to become a quick study and influence a lot of people in an area I had no business being a professional in. Um, and, and that's just because I didn't have the background, right? So I'm, I'm reading all these books on the culture of poverty and studying the psychology behind it. And I reached out to a guy that, that did that work for my company at the time and tried to get smart from him. And then I drove myself to my alma mater and figured if anybody's going to give me a chance, they will. So I, I go to Illinois State University. I met the Dean of Social Work and I pleaded my case and I was wow. time. And I just said, all I'm asking, you know, step change, right? All I'm asking is come take a tour and meet some of our families. And, um, and she said, yes. So I gave her a tour. And at the end of that tour, um, I showed her I had made fast friends with some of our families. And, and I said, are you going to help me or not? No wow. Thing. Um, we have to do something for these families. And it's, it's not like they're choosing to be in this situation. They it's a generational cycle. You know, it's no different than, than the way I grew up thinking, oh, well, I go to school and then I go to college and I get a job. Like right. that's, that's like a normal course of business. And, and for a lot of those families, it was, I grow up, I make sure I protect my status so I can get my own unit when I'm 18. And that is what is normal. And there is no other, there's no other influence suggesting otherwise. And that is what really broke me the most when I was studying it and getting smarter and then hitting the streets, talking to families was we can't just let it happen. And, um, if I fast forward, she said, yes, um, I may have bullied her into it. I don't know, but she, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> she, she, uh, she said yes. And we built an amazing program together and, um, and ISU, we built a program where the first year of their master's program in social work was three days on site with 
uh, for me at the Housing Authority case managing for our families. And Are you still involved in any way? So not anymore, but the program, I, I created a program called Arrow, and it's a self-sufficiency program to help people get out of public housing, help them get jobs, go to school, um, find better living wage jobs, and that program is still running today. Um, I you amaze me. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Megan, <laughs> listen, so I don't know if Michelle told you this, but my husband runs a city in the Bay Area, so you can imagine our housing and traffic and jobs situation is very uh, strained. Um, oh, yeah. We have to, when we open or build new residential, we have to allot 20% for those uh, considered needing affordable housing. But as mm -hmm. you might imagine, the Bay Area is so expensive and, you know, affordable housing is $120,000 a year or less. You have to be earning that, um, which is crazy. I mean, like, it's, it's really expensive here. It's, it's insane. I would love to learn more about your Arrow program and introduce you to Michael and see if maybe there's some takeaways we could borrow from your best practices. Thank you. I would love to connect with him. Yes, I, as you can tell, um, I'm still passionate about this and what we did was pretty transformational and, you know, we created these materials. We created an assessment with experts in the field, of course, um, and, and me, I started that job in September. In January, me and nine interns went door to door to every single public housing door in my city. And we did it in freezing rain and we purposely didn't cancel because there was freezing rain because we wanted them to know committed we're you We're this isn't some check the box activity. We mean what right. we And I was told a lot of things, Susan. I, I was told they're not going to open the door for you. They're not going to listen to you because you're white. I heard yeah. a lot of things, you know, like, who do you think you are? And I was just like, you know, what I said back was, well, are you going to go do it? Because if right. I don't want to hear it. Um, and so Ooh, I love your spunkiness. Amazing. <laughs> I, I appreciate that you called it spunk. It's been called a lot of things. Oh, uh, <laughs> thank you, sister. Same here. Um, um, I love a feisty woman. I think it's great. We, we changed the world, right? We're making good trouble, as John Lewis would say. Yeah, that's right. We were making good trouble. Well, we certainly did. And I, I learned so much from that experience and met a lot of amazing people and, um, and made a big impact. And over time, we grew that program. And by the time I left the housing authority, I, I knew I was on a new path for a reason. It felt very much like destiny, but I also knew the impact I made there and it's sustaining, you know, still to this day. And I'm, I'm really proud of that. Awesome. You're incredible. So, um, I don't know. I think that, that you've got, you've done some great things, but you're just getting started. So it's so great to make your acquaintance. I can't wait to connect you with some people that I know. Um, let me ask you, you're clearly an inspiration to others. Is there someone who served as a mentor or an inspiration to you? Oh gosh. Yeah. A lot of people. Um, I'll, I'll mention a few quickly and then talk about one, um, professionally. My mom, for sure, um, I, the short version of that story is my mom never allowed me to have limits on my thinking. And now that I'm you know, grown up and have my own kids and reflect a lot on the little things I heard from her, I realize more every day what that did for my own growth and development. Um, I remember telling her really badly that I wanted to be on an episode of Full House. Like I wanted to 
<laughs> instead of like, so there's funny. a lot of things she could have said. She could have said like, well, you know, honey, okay, well, that's, that's really tough to do. And, you know, we'd have to probably move and you know, there's all sorts of things and kids get acting classes. She could have responded in any way. And, and I said, mom, I really, I really want to be on an episode of Love House, like just one time. <laughs> well, did you write the producer? Oh, I love that. Your mom is and awesome. <laughs> there were so many moments like that, but like I, it was never, uh, are you crazy? No way they wouldn't, you know, it was like, yeah, never. here's what you need to do. <laughs> never. It was always like, well, what are you doing about it? You know, some version of that. Oh, and I love that. That really shaped me a lot. And my sister too. So I have a, a very large family, but my sister in particular, um, growing up, she just, there was so such an age difference between us. Always, there was no competition. We never had anything to fight about. She just wanted me to be successful. And she like lived for my success almost more than her own to a fault. And um, that had a huge impact on me as well because I just felt like everyone around me was, was supporting me. And then I, I have to mention, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to have three, but I just have to mention. You may have as many as you like. My, <laughs> my professional uh, mentor and, and former leader. She, her name is Beth. And um, I, she has developed me more than any other leader I've had combined. And I've had some really good ones. Nice. And taught me so much about the fact that feedback is such a gift and it can be hard to hear sometimes, but it is such a gift and such a blessing. And, and it takes a lot of guts for someone to give you real feedback, constructive oh, yeah. feedback. And it's not fun for them, you know? It's not fun. It's a sign of respect. Yeah, but it's like they respect you enough. That's a perfect word. They respect you enough that they have to tell you because they want to make someone who's great even greater. And um, when you can wrap your head around that, and she's the most humble leader, props her team up um, above herself, definitely considers herself the bottom of the rung there to support everyone else on the ladder, not the top. Um, even though she is leader model. Exactly. Yes. Um, even though she is an absolute genius. And so I, I soaked up so much from her about leadership and the way that you can truly pour into others and their growth and development. And it's a true investment, but it's one that you'll never even know how much impact you can make from it. And, and I really try to emulate that with my team. You know, um, we teach a lot on transformational leadership versus hierarchical. And a lot of people don't know what transformational leadership is, mm -hmm. but it entails EQ uh, being not only accepting a feedback, but encouraging feedback. Even as the leader, you want to know how your team feels about your ideas and so forth. Um, you have described the perfectly transformational leader right there. Um, and yes. it, it seems to me you, you replicate that good behavior. I certainly try. And she, I aspire to be more like her as a leader um, every day. And she's, she's really one of those people that sees everything for what it is. And, um, and she can really tell quickly what your strengths are and where you struggle. And she knows how to play to your strengths. So you always feel like you're some kind of hero, you know, oh, it's, just, wow. it's really outstanding. And I, um, I, I, can't say I've reached her level yet, but I've, I'm certainly reaching and I, I feel like I kind of made it. Um, I'm the leader of a new team for just a few Congrats. roles. I'm still at the same company, but just a different opportunity in a different area. And 
Um, my new team um, recently gave me feedback. I asked for feedback and they gave me feedback and I thought I've made it. They trusted me enough to say, you know, that here's something that would help me if you would do differently. And I thought I'm, I'm going to be Beth one of these days. I'm going to get there. <laughs> well, there's a huge shout out. Let's say Beth's name again. What's her full name? Beth Tyre. Beth Tyre. We will never tire of Beth Tyre because that's, that's the right. that we need more of. Um, so awesome. So I don't really usually hear people say these things, especially women, uh, because we don't often have those sponsors or those mentors or those people who've inspired us because so many, so few women have made it to the top, right? So yeah. it's nice to hear that you had a leader that you could emulate and you still look up to and now you are um, mimicking her great behaviors, but I'm sure you're bringing your own spice to the, to the table. As well. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Well, you know, I know I don't have to tell you this. Most women in business know this, but we usually um, find, you know, a contingency of women who claw at each other to get one or of the two spots at the top rather than working together collaboratively to claw the top for more spots. Right. Yeah. So can you tell me how can we help other women in business support one another, those who are willing to support one another? You know, I, that's a tough question, but for me, it is, it's all about um, demonstrating it on a daily basis. It's not some big grand gesture. It's all the little things. For me, it's mentoring. Um, I mentor a lot of other females and, and some males too, of course, but it's mentoring and, and challenge, challenging other women um, in a positive way. I love it. You know, even I have a colleague the other day, a good example who I felt was really holding back and disagreed with the decision. And, and I reached out to her afterwards and said, Hey, I just have to ask, um, do you agree with the direction we were heading? And she's like, well, no. So, well, why didn't you say anything? It's like, cause they'd already made up their minds. And I said, well, yeah, with that attitude, you know, you have, yeah, a you've got to try. Yeah. And, and I think it's us holding each other accountable and not being afraid to approach each other with values, of course, you know, the way we'd approach anyone, but saying, That's Hey, awesome. you know, you need to be heard. You have great things to say and it needs to be heard. How can I support you? Um, that's important for us to do one another. And I've had, I've had people do that for me and I try to do that to others around me. Um, I Megan, try to you need to come work with us. <laughs> <laughs> you need to leave that big company and come work with us. <laughs> we need you. We need you. This is all so awesome. You're my kind of gal for sure. Um, well, let me ask you, I'm sure it hasn't always been a bed of roses. So tell me what has been your biggest challenge or setback and how did you overcome it? Uh, you know, I think I, I'd love to point some to some like big grand moment, but I think my own, my biggest challenge probably has been my own mind. Um, so I, I grew up in a, um, a wonderful family, but I had some challenges with my own self, self-confidence and, um, it was physical. I had, I was burnt as a child. Um, the pressure cooker on our stove exploded and I had burns all over and I had surgeries, wow. you know, um, up until the age of three and, and all these things. And, um, and I think I let it mess with my head a lot, you know, cause you think about those big moments. One of them, one of my burns is on my shoulder. And um, you think about all the things you go through as a female, those milestone moments, prom dresses, swimsuits, 
dance costumes. Yeah, I'm with you, sister. I, I, I hear what you're saying. They're all sleeveless, you know? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I well, think I thank did. God for the bolero. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. And I think I let it mess with my own confidence for a while. Um, and when, as I got older, I realized that that was, had been messing with my confidence. And I am proud of myself for pulling myself out of that. Um, and getting over it and realizing that's, that's not what, what beauty is. And that's not, you know, that I'm a great person and I'm driven and I'm smart and, you know, but I think I let it hold me back for a while. And so, um, how did I overcome it? I'm not totally sure how, I think it was just that with, I grew up and got wiser and started surrounding myself with the right people and, um, and had the guts to let go of some others. And, uh, you know, it sounds to me like you having gone through such a tragic event, and it is, especially when something like that happens at a young age, you carry it for so long. Um, it seems like it might have given you perspective on, you know, what to sweat, what not to sweat, pick and choose your battles, you know, what's important, what's not. Um, you yeah, certainly you're, grown you're into your own. You're a genius, Susan. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, that was perfectly said. It was perspective. And once I had perspective, it kind of changed everything for me. It changed the lens I was viewing the world. Yeah. And then, then you fast forward to that housing authority experience, right? And it, that was just additional perspective on top of what I had already gotten on my own from my own experience. And that was a totally different perspective. And all of a sudden, I was just seeing things very differently. And, and I try to, to share that in my leadership journey and um, in, in my leadership style to give others perspective where maybe they haven't had some of those experiences and to learn from theirs that they have had. Um, and I think that's really important. You give people permission to feel and then to articulate and own their story. That's really courageous and super, super duper leadership. Um, Thank you. Amazing. I wish that we had not waited till this podcast to chat. because I mean, I think <laughs> we first met so long ago and I'm like, Wow, it's been a long time since I talked to this woman. Let me, you know, I'm looking forward to the podcast, to getting to know her, but now I'm seeing all that I was missing, right? <laughs> Thank you. You're so welcome. Well, let me ask you this. I, I have in the notes that I usually ask my guest to tell me something surprising about themselves that maybe people who know them don't know, but I have something new I've been doing and it's called the wild card question. So which would you prefer? The wild card question, which is a question I pull out of a box of 144 meaningful questions, or the surprising fact that people may or may not know about you? Um, I think I'm gonna go wild card. Let's do Look it. you, brave, courageous, <laughs> all that good stuff. I love it, I love it. You are definitely my kind of gal. All right, so I'm <laughs> picking from the box, I wish I had, you know, some theme music or something to play. <laughs> um, here it is. This is a really great question. Now it's, it's not easy or maybe, maybe it will be for you, but um, what is something you were once afraid of, but no longer fear? Ooh, I was, uh, you know what? I used, I actually just told, said this to a friend the other day out loud for the first time. I used to be afraid of what other people thought of me. <gasps> Even so amazing. I bet yeah. every woman listening to this and probably some of the men too have that same fear. 
And I, I can't lie and say I never care anymore. There are moments where I do, but there are way more moments where I don't. <laughs> That's just, so healthy. It's like I am who I am and I try to be a good person. And when I when I mess up, I say it and I apologize. And if you know, if you're not really a fan of that, it's it's kind of on you, man, you know? And I, I just love it. So I used I to be so afraid friend. of that. I tell him, I said, other people's opinions of you is none of your business. You be your highest yes. and best person and you can't control others. So just do you, right? Yes. And I used to, I used to like stir, you know, when, when someone didn't like me or when I was afraid they didn't like me. And I think that's just my social nature. You know, I, I'm a social butterfly. I need it to breathe. And What's so if Myers-Briggs personality. I don't know. I have not done Myers Briggs. Oh my God. Okay. So when we hang up, I'm going to send you something I want you to do and then send me back the results. We're going to discuss them. Okay. Um, yeah, I am. I am. I used to be, I, I call it spiritual maturity. Um, any action is a reaching for something, your higher and better self. Right. So when I finally embraced the, um, you know, other people's opinions is none of my business as more than just a mantra to work toward, but I'm actually there now. Like I'm, you know, I mean, yeah, your lead you've arrived. <laughs> right. Exactly. Your approval is not needed. Um, it wasn't an easy journey. And like you, I used to worry and say, why doesn't so-and-so like me? And, you know, and now I'm like, you know, I like me. I don't really care if, if so and so yeah. likes me. Yeah. And oh. lots of other people like me too, you know? So right. Exactly. And, and look, the people who like me, I like them too. So if you don't like me, uh -huh. maybe you're not supposed to be in my tribe. That's right. Yeah. I think it's the universe's way of saying, you know, they're not someone that's for you and there's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. Exactly. I used that's to find something part. wrong with it. Right. And, and now it's just okay. Yeah, we have to remember to say, there's nothing wrong with that, you know, so be it. Um, well, you're amazing. I'm about to ask a question that um, if other people want to reach you, how can they reach you? But I definitely certainly want to keep you on speed dial. Yes, well, you've got my info, so you are good to go there. And, <laughs> and everyone else, I would love to connect on LinkedIn. Um, my, it's Megan Lundeen, and you'll see a picture of me. Um, I, think it's, I think I'm in Napa at the times there's probably some like greenery behind me. Um, that's me. And, um, my, uh, I live in Peoria, Illinois. I work at Caterpillar. Um, that'll help you with your search, but I really enjoy connecting with other people. Um, I, I do, um, some other, you know, speaking engagements and things, um, you know, on, on self-confidence, on being, on getting ahead in your career, six steps to get up in your career. I love coaching people on that. Um, and I, I don't mean coaching like it's, it's nothing I sell. You guys, this is free. I just, I like connecting with people and sharing anything that's helped me with them because that's, I, I think, service and giving back is the right Megan, you are me. <laughs> like, did I just meet my twin? <laughs> you did. I'm like, so I, I coach six executive women just to be kind, just as friends, just, you know, yeah, that's when amazing. is your birthday? I'm just curious. October 5th. October 5th. Okay. I have to put that in my calendar. Um, you're definitely in my tribe. 
<laughs> well, I I'm love that you're so real. Your authenticity comes across. Nothing is scripted or planned or you, you're not nervous. And, you know, what, what you see is what you get. I call myself WYSIWYG all the time, assuming people <laughs> know. What, <laughs> I assume everyone knows what that means. And I'll be in a business meeting and I'll say, well, you know me, I'm WYSIWYG. And then people will be like, what is, is that Great. a drug? What are you on? What, what's WYSIWYG mean? I'm like, it's an acronym for what you see is what you get. And I love that about you too. You have been just such an amazing guest and um, I hope soon to be friend because this has just been a really moving conversation. You're a rock star. Um, I don't know. I'm going to find a way for us to work together, hang together, talk together, whatever, promote your work. I want you to write a thought leadership piece, maybe speak to some of my clients, etc. So this has been my pleasure. Um, certainly, <laughs> Uh, this has been a really fun conversation. Is there anything you'd like to say to the audience before we say our goodbyes? I really just want to thank you, Susan. I think, um, you know, when you invited me to do this, I obviously went out there and listened to some others and I was really inspired by it. And I can tell that, that everything you're doing um, in your business and, and the things you're doing just on the side because you enjoy it, this podcast, you are making a huge impact and you're helping other people and connecting other people. And I can tell it's just coming from a very real passionate place and oh, I love it and better. So thank you so much. You bet. You bet. Um, well, folks, I hope you will connect with Megan. I think your life will be better for it. So have a good day, everybody. And thank you for listening in. Bye-bye.